So the last series um, was, I don't know, 17 weeks or something like that. And so it's been a while since I said brand new series. This one is not that. This is not going to be that long. I promise you that. But uh, here we are. It's September 11th, 2022. We're already in the middle of September. Anybody else like me going, where did summer go? Like, did, did this summer go by faster than any other one previously? Anybody else? I, I, I'm like, I'm not ready for, for fall. And I, I got to be honest with you all. I came, into, uh, I came into the spring, and I said to my wife, I was like, something's off. I'm not, I'm not feeling right. I was like, I need, I'm waiting for summer. I'm longing for summer. I need a break. I need a holiday. And it, it felt like, and I, how I explained it to her is I said, it felt like I've been, you know, in a, in a street fight. And all the adrenalines, it was going, and, and you're, you're going, you don't realize, I mean, you're just pouring eyes. I feel like the last two years has kind of been a street fight for all of us. Like, it's like, and then all of a sudden in the spring, everything kind of let up a little bit, and the adrenaline wore off. And I came out of the street fight, and I'm going, wait, I got blood on me, and some of that is mine. Anybody else feel that? And I was like, I, I was like, so this summer I thought, okay, well, I'm going to do everything I naturally know how to do. I need rest. So we, we sat down with some of our team and, and we planned. We, we took, you know, extra time off this summer, you know, that, that feeling like, okay, we're going to do what we need to do. And we had a great time away. We had a great time away with family. We had a great time away with just Jorlin and I. And, and it, was, it was fantastic. And I came back from that. And and everyone's asking me, like the staff and friends, and everyone's going, how's your holiday? And I was like, it was fantastic. It was great. And, and then the next question was, are you feeling refreshed? No. No. Any, anybody else have, a, have that same feeling? You had, you had the summer, you finally were able to go camping. You're able to go away. You're able to take time off. Now the rest of it, and, and you did what you normally do, but anybody else feel like this summer it just didn't work the same like it's worked before, that you still feel, like this is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling like I'm not ready for the fall, this, the pace to pick up, the same routine, to get back into routines and going, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still weary from the last race and everyone running, am I the only one? Anybody else feeling that? Come on, let's just show of hands, get, just put, say, okay, yeah, no, that's. Look at this. Look at, like, okay, so let me just say this. The first service, same thing. Hands all over the room. Let me just say this. The reason why we're doing this series is because it wasn't, I thought it was me. I thought I was the problem. And I thought it was just me. And then I started having conversations and sharing with people. And, and I realized all of us have been in a street fight. All of us have been battered and bruised. The adrenaline's worn off and we're going, we're just, we've done all that we know how to do and it's not working. In fact, there's a lyric in the, in the song that we just sang that says, you know, the foolish man builds his house on the sand. And I, I got to admit, I, I'm the foolish man. Because what, what I mean by that is I've done everything in the natural that I know how to do to replenish and refresh and, to, and do all. The, I've done everything that I know how to do. And it didn't work. And then all of a sudden I had this clue in, maybe it's not natural things I need. Maybe it's something else. And so I, I, I did what every good pastor should do. I went to the Bible. And that sounds like, and I say that, I, I say that only because I'm going, why didn't, why didn't I go here first? 
But there's a, there's a, a conversation in, in the Bible that has always fascinated me. And the conversation is in John 14, 15, 16, and 17. The conversation is a conversation that Jesus has uh, with his, just his disciples, just his 12. And he has this conversation only um, just a few days before or, or weeks before he endures the cross. This is at the end of his ministry. And this is kind of the insider conversation that he has with just his core team. And we get phenomenal insight into the one-on-one conversation, the one-on-twelve conversation that Jesus has with his disciples. And I'm always, I'm always curious as to, I was like, there's so much in here because I'm thinking that Jesus is like, Jesus is like a parent. And all of us parents, we just, we just really start kids to school. And, and I mean, I mean, <laughs> but all the, if, if you sent your, your kindergartner or your grade one to school for the very first time, as a parent, inevitably you're thinking, I wonder if she's ready. I wonder if he's ready. And I'm wondering what Jesus was thinking when he's, he spent three years, not with the highest educated guys, but with some of the outcasts. These guys were just kind of, they were odd. We see that all the way through. This is an odd choice for Jesus to pick as his A-team. Like this, it's an odd choice. And yet Jesus has spent three years with them, and then he has this conversation right before he's about to be crucified, he's about to leave, he has a conversation with them, and I'm wondering, in Jesus' mind, I'm wondering, he has to be thinking, I, want, I hope they're ready. I hope they're ready. I wonder if they're ready. And so you think with that urgency and with that knowledge of, of what Jesus knows is coming and what he's going about to go through and what's about to happen, I'm wondering if Jesus is kind of just a little bit more pushing into urgency and you guys, and, uh, you, we can read only, all we can read is the black ink on a white page and we don't feel the emotion. But I'm sensing that when Jesus has this conversation, I'm sensing there's an urgency, there's an intensity in this conversation, maybe unlike anything. And I think that the, the guys locked in a lot more to this conversation. The fact that John wrote this probably 60, 70 years after this conversation and remembered it word for word and, re- and recounted three chapters of this conversation with them indicates to me that they were, they were dialed in. But Jesus is preparing, and he starts in... in chapter 13 by starting off and he just says hey guys I'm about to leave you now can you imagine their emotions they they hear this they've just spent three years watching Jesus heal the sick feed the 5,000 walk on water raise their friend Lazarus from the dead they're they're realizing you know they're realizing this guy is the Messiah this is the promised one this is God (laughs) like that's our best friend and then he burst their bubble and he goes hey I'm about to go I'm about to leave and I can't imagine their emotions going wait 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 no you you can't go like you haven't done and and they all from childhood on from centuries and centuries every every Jewish child believed that the Messiah was coming to redeem Israel and just Israel and here they're oppressed by Rome and they're thinking this is the time that Israel's going to rise up again Jesus knew the picture was bigger, but in their mind, they're going, hey, you haven't accomplished what you're supposed to accomplish. You can't go yet. And wait, wait, like we've given three years of our lives to you. You can't leave us now. And all the panic. And this is how Jesus starts the conversation. John 14, verse 1, he says this, don't let your heart be troubled. 
which I'm reading this, I'm going, too late. I mean, the disciples are like, too late, Jesus. And I, I, I read this for the first time this time, and I went, no, too late, Jesus. I, how, how, how am I supposed to not let my heart be troubled? I got feelings, man. I, 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 got, I got fears. I got anxieties. I got, I got you know, discouragements. I got all these pressing things in my emotions. How do I not let my heart? I got a crazy world going on. Come on. Like, I, I, like, I can't turn on the news for one week, you know, one week has, has one week gone by in the last couple of years where something nuts hasn't happened? Right? How, 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 do we, how do we not let our heart be troubled? How, how do you stop that? And going, Jesus, like, like it's too late. You know, my heart's troubled. And the disciples are going, it's too late. You just told us you're leaving. What do you mean my heart's? Don't let my heart be troubled. How, how do I not let my heart be troubled? How do I do that? And Jesus tells us in the rest of the verse. He says, believe in God, believe also in me. In other words, what Jesus is saying, he's saying, guys, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to leave. But don't let it bother you. Because do you trust God? Yeah. Trust me. That's, that's how you don't let your heart be troubled. He's like, do, do, you trust, do you trust God? We're supposed to say that. We're believers. We're supposed to, yeah, I trust God. And he's like, trust me. Trust me. Don't let this bother you. Trust me. And I, I could just park on that in and of itself and just saying, hey, all of us, me, me included in this room, my heart's been bothered. My heart's been troubled. And, you know, the uncertainty of times, the uncertainty of the future, all these things, my heart's been troubled and looking going, okay. And I, I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. I'm supposed to know, like, yeah, I trust God. Do you trust God? I trust God. Yeah, do you trust God? Do you really? Do you trust Jesus? Because if we trust Jesus, there's something that comes with that. Don't let your heart be troubled. And then Jesus goes on in the conversation. He continues the conversation. He says, he starts telling them some cryptic stuff, like, like, I'm thinking if I'm a disciple, I'd have been frustrated. You know, I've been frustrated with Jesus' kind of innuendos and all, you know, like, what are you talking about? I'm going to go to a place and I'm preparing rooms for you and I'm doing all this kind of stuff and going, yeah, well, Jesus, you told us you're leaving and now you're going and now you're preparing a place for us, but we don't know where you're going, so how do we know how to get there? You can, all the angst is going on, you can see all this kind of stuff, and Jesus is very cryptic, and I'd be like, would you just get to the point? That would have been me. Because you just get to the point. Like, what's going on? And yet, and yet they're patiently listening and listening, listening, and they record all that. And then Jesus says this. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Do you trust me? And then he says this. I will ask the Father, verse 16, and he will give you another helper, and he will be with you forever. Now, when Jesus says, I will ask the Father, the disciples know that carries some weight because they've seen him ask the Father, and a storm stopped They've seen him ask the father and a couple of uh, fish and a, a few loaves of bread turned and fed 5,000. They've seen him ask the father and a guy that's been dead for four years walked out of a tomb. They've seen him ask the father and, and they saw miracle after miracle after miracle. They've seen him ask the father. So when Jesus asked the father, they know, okay, this carries some weight. He's going he's gonna to reply. He's going to answer. God's going to answer. 
He says, but he says, I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another helper. To which the disciples could have said, wait, Jesus, we don't want another helper. We want you. Like, don't send us somebody. You're the Messiah. You're God. We don't want another. We want you. And Jesus says, no, no, listen. I'm going to ask the Father and he's going to give you another helper. I like the fact that it's a helper. And then he says that he may be with you forever. Now we know that Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. And what I want you to see here is that he, Jesus says in this conversation, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, a helper, and he will be with you forever. And I need to make this clear because one thing we can learn just in this one thing is that he names the Holy Spirit he. He says he. The Holy Spirit, just make this clear, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a commodity. And the reason why that's important is because I grew up in, in certain sects of, of, of Christianity that thought and taught that the Holy Spirit was weird and strange and, and you know, not for everybody and all the rest of it. If the Holy Spirit is a commodity, it's easy for a commodity to be weird. If the Holy Spirit is, you know, is just for the charismatic and just to give gifts so that we can babble in tongues and we can, we can all the rest, if, if that's what the Holy Spirit's all about, that can get weird. But when Jesus says he, the Holy Spirit's a person. And when he says he, we're going to see this. When he says he, it's, it's God in us. That takes the weirdness out. Because he's a person. Then he goes on. And he starts explaining the Holy Spirit. He says this, That is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. There's a couple things in, in this verse that really stand out to me. Number one, he says he's going to be a helper. He's going to be with you. He's going to be in you. But then he says the world can't have this. In other words, he starts this conversation by saying, don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. Do you trust me? I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to give you a helper that is a helper for you as a believer that not everybody can get. Because those who don't believe in Jesus, don't know Jesus, aren't going to know him either. And they're not going to get him. So, so what Jesus is saying here is that while the rest of the world can be troubled, we have an unfair advantage as believers that we have a helper that can bring, can, can bring us some things, can give us help, can bring us some things that, that, that he says, hey, don't let your heart be troubled. How do I do that? I've given you an unfair advantage because I'm sending you him. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit that the world can't yet receive. So the rest of the world can be troubled. We don't have to. Interesting. Then he goes... Verse 18, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, which is interesting because he just says, I'm leaving. And then he says, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. What does he mean? He's like, there's, there's indications here of what he's promising. And, and they're probably confused. They're like, Jesus, you're not making sense. You're saying one thing and, and then another, and it's opposite. What are you talking about? He says, after a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You will live also in that day. You will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I, this is what's key, in you. And they're thinking, in you, in me? No, 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 Jesus, 
you're with me. Your name, Jesus, is Emmanuel, God with us. What do you mean in me? That's kind of weird. <laughs> Jesus, like, the, like no, no, he's like, I'm going to go away. I'm going to go away and will no longer be with you, but I'm sending a helper and he will be in you. Then he says in chapter 16, this is why it's to your advantage that I go away because, hey, when I'm with you, I'm with you. But when he comes, he's going to be in you. Jesus reiterates that over and over and over again. And they didn't understand when they first heard this. Because they didn't know all the things that were coming. But Jesus was preparing them. And later on, they would, they would take this and all of a sudden they go, oh, that's what he meant. And then in verse 21 to, to, to 24, they start asking questions. They're like, so, yeah, so you're going to, how is this going to work? And Jesus is kind of giving them cryptic answers. And then in verse 25, he says this. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. You can almost hear him emphasize with, while abiding with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. Okay? Then he says this in verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. And this is, where, this is, this is what hit me this time when I read this. The word peace... In the original, in the original uh, language, this is written, the word peace actually means wholeness. Okay? And it can be translated as nothing missing or nothing broken. Wholeness. So what Jesus is saying, he says, wholeness I am leaving. I'm leaving wholeness. Nothing missing, nothing broken. I'm leaving wholeness with you. My wholeness I give to you. Then he says, that wholeness that you're looking for is not what the world can give. It's what I can give. And, and here's, here's what I want you to understand. Sometimes we as, as Christians, when we read and we see the, the word world used in the Bible, we're thinking it's the ungodly, it's the sinful, it's, it's, all, it's the, them out there, the outcasts out there. The world, what, what Jesus is basically saying, he says, he says I'm going to leave you a, a peace that the natural can't get, can't give you. So in, in my context, I, this, is what, this is what God's been working on me on is I tried everything I possibly could this summer in the natural to restore and to refresh myself. I took time off. I took time with family. I, I rested more than I, I, I did. I recreated. I did all the things. Enjoyment. I spent pretty much all summer on my motorcycle. Thank you, Jesus. Like, I, I, I like all these things, the natural things that normally refresh and, and, re, and refuel. Like, like, like all, of those, all of those things that typically work in the natural didn't work this time. And that's where I was like, how come this is not working? Is something wrong with me? Like, is something, what's going on? Is something, is something wrong with me? And I don't think I'm the only one. I think many are saying, I've been, feel, I've been wondering the same thing. And Jesus promises, this is the verse that I want to key on this whole series on. Jesus promised, I'm going to leave you wholeness, and I'm craving wholeness. I'm going to leave you wholeness that the natural can't give you. In other words, you can try everything you know to try, but eventually you're going to run out. 
I'm going to give you something else. And this is, this is my eight-year-old daughter, Avery. Um, I'm, pre I'm pretty sure all of you know her. Um, she's the one that, yeah, if you've met her, you know her. She's, she's the one that's all over, like, she's a ball of energy, so much fun. Like, it, she's, you see all the energy here, just wait till she's home. Like, it, it's so much fun. And she's watching, by the way. Hi, Ave. Love you. Um, but she loves to, to go to the park, and she wants, Daddy, 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 can we go to the park? Okay, we'll go to the park. And she, we go to the park, and she's up and down and all over the place, and I'm watching, you know, she look at this, I can do gymnastics and spins and jumps. And I was like, ah. And, and then she eventually go, goes to the swings. And when she's on the swings, she'll jump in there. And look at, I can, look at I learned how to do at school. And she's flying all the rest of it. And eventually, inevitably, it gets to a point where I hear these words. And she says, Daddy, I need a push. And what I felt like as I've been, the last couple of years, been running all over doing the monk, all the kind of stuff and doing all the things on my own. And I got to the place where I'm like, now God's like, okay. And I'm right here going, Daddy, I need a push. Anybody else? Daddy, I, I need a push. And Jesus is telling his disciples this right before he goes to the cross, right before he's about to leave them. And he knows, can you imagine? He knows the persecution, the trials, the beatings, the imprisonment, the killing. He knows what they're about to go through. And the urgency in what he's saying, he says, hey, but listen, you're going to have, and he says this later, he says, you're going to have trouble. But don't worry, because I'm going to leave you with wholeness that you're not going to be able to find in the natural. You're going to eventually need a push. So I'm going to give you a helper. I'm going to give you a helper that will give you peace that passes all understanding. Wholeness. He says this in the rest of the verse, in case we weren't sure that he was keeping the same train of thought. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. He just said, I'm leaving. Don't let your heart be troubled. I'm sending you a helper. You're not going to be orphaned. You don't have to do this on your own. Then he says, so don't let your heart be troubled. He emphasizes, don't let your heart be troubled. Nor let it be fearful. He says, you've heard me say that I'm going away. It's true, and I will come. He says, I'm coming to you, but you're not going to be alone. You'll never be alone. And so here I am. I'm, I I'm, haven't been myself, and I haven't, I've been battling just like everybody else and all these kind of things, and I'm here going, Daddy, I need a push. And in case you're thinking, well, these are promises and words that Jesus just spoke to the disciples, that they're not relevant to us today. Jesus concludes in John 17 in a prayer that he prays that John records. And he says this, I don't ask on behalf of these alone, the 12 that are in front of them, but for those who also believe in me through their word. That's us. 
So the same promise that Jesus gave to them, the same helper that Jesus gave, offered them, the same encouragement and strength that he offered them, we get. We can have that too. So what have we learned? We've learned, firstly, that the Holy Spirit is a person. Not, not a commodity. When I say a push, he's not, he's not, just, not just a helper for a seed. Like, he's a person. A com- he's, not, he's not an energy drink that gives me the boost that I need to make it through the next day. Like, it's God in us. Jesus was God with us. Holy Spirit is God in us. It's a person. That takes the weirdness away. It's God in us. It's a person. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is a promise. It's a promise that Jesus said, hey, I'm never going to leave you orphaned. It's a promise that you will never, you and I never have to be alone. That we're not going through this on our own. We're not, just, we're not struggling on our own. We, we always have God in us. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit is peace, wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. So what am I saying? I'm saying that I felt the need for wholeness, and I I started questioning, am I broken? I started saying things like, something's missing. I look for all the things in the natural, and all of a sudden I realized what I'm looking for or I'm craving most, I'm never going to find in the natural. That what I need is the Holy Spirit. I need, Daddy, I need a push. And I'm feeling like all of us in the same boat in many ways. I'm feeling like we have, and I think much of the world is, but I, Jesus promised we have an unfair advantage. And I'm saying, church, that this is time to press in a little bit more. And I'm, I'm saying it's time to, to ask and say, God, we, we, need, we need help. Can't do this on my own. I've tried everything I know to do, but God, I, I need help. And Jesus, you know, how, how do we get that? How do we get the Holy Spirit? How do we, how do, we do it? What well, Jesus taught us in Luke chapter 11, he said, he said this to his disciples, he said, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, knocks, it will be opened. And you might be saying, I have been asking. I've been asking God for help. I have been. I've been seeking for the answer. I've been seeking. I've been praying. I've been doing all those things. But listen, the way that I ask, I ask for specifics. I ask for energy for the day. I ask for Focus, I ask for, God, I need, I need help in this. I've asked for that. But Jesus is not just talking about just, just asking random things in prayer. He goes on, he says, Now suppose one of you fathers is asked uh, by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish. Hope not. Uh, or if he asks for an egg, will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then being evil, and the word evil there doesn't mean you know, sinful, you being fallible, you being imperfect, says, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give what? The Holy Spirit to those who ask him. 
When Jesus says the Holy Spirit is wholeness, is peace, what Jesus is saying, when you pray, he says, ask, seek, knock to him who asks, it will be given. The it, he says, is the Holy Spirit. That what we need is not just a little, not just a little dust up, a little touch up, a little, we need the Holy Spirit. He says, all you need to do is just ask and he will give it to you. And, and those of you that were like me in, in many ways growing up, I was scared to ask for the Holy Spirit because I didn't want to get weird. And Jesus answered that. He answered that in multiple ways. In John 14, 1, he says, hey, hey, guys, don't let your heart be troubled. You trust God, right? Yeah, yeah. Trust me. I'm going to give you help. Do you trust me? I'm going to give you helper. And then he says here, you trust God that if you ask him for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you something false. He's not going to give you something weird. He's, if, if, if you're a fallible father and your children ask you for something, you're not going to give them something weird, something that's going to hurt them. Your father being perfect is not going to hurt you. You can almost hear Jesus saying, you need, you need this, you need this. to your advantage. So really, what I realized is that a true refresh, and here's today's takeaway, a true refresh doesn't happen by trying harder in the natural. A true refresh happens by trusting more. Trusting my father. Just like my daughter trusts me. Daddy, Give me a push. I'm not going to push her off the swing. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to make her unsafe. Daddy, I need a push. Happens by trusting more. That, that I think in, in this season, we need to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not in our own understanding or, or getting our own ways figured out or getting our own selves healthy we need to trust in the lord with all of our heart lean on our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him and he will direct our paths so i'm asking you do you need a push and in our time of worship the team's going to come again in our time of worship I'd encourage you, just do what Jesus said. Said, ask, Daddy, I need a push. Come, Holy Spirit. And just, and just press in saying, God, God I, I need you. And I feel embarrassed and ashamed at the fact that I tried everything in the natural. I was the foolish man who tried to build my energy and my mental health on the sand. And when the storm came, it didn't hold. The entire time, Jesus saying, no, no, no. Do you trust me? I gave you the answer. So in this season, I'm asking for a push. I'm going to lean in on him. And I encourage you to do the same. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we thank you so much, Jesus, for, for who you are and for 
what you have given us. Forgive me, God, for not coming to you first, but I'm coming. Daddy, I need a push. Holy Spirit, would you come and fill us afresh? We're leaning into you. We trust you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus, maybe you need a little push. Jesus, Paul said it this, it's this simple. It's just simply as saying, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is God. That's the trust part. And believing that he rose again from the dead. That's the faith part. If you do those things, he says, you will be saved. And then guess what? He can come and be in you and bring you that wholeness you've been craving. I'm going to lead us in a prayer that if you pray this prayer, it's not joining our church, not at all. It's not joining a religion, far from it, actually quite opposite. It's beginning a relationship with Jesus. It starts with the trust part. If you're praying this for the first time right here, right now, you can begin a relationship with him. Let's pray this together. Everyone repeat this after me. I'm going to invite all of you watching online to pray this with me where you're watching from. Let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God, and I believe that you rose again from the dead. And I ask you now to become my God, my Lord and Savior, and my friend. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins for accepting me just as I am. I give my heart to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes and bow your heads out of respect to the people around you. If you prayed this prayer for the first time, you meant that you want to begin a relationship with Jesus. Everyone else's eyes are closed, heads are bowed. We're not going to do anything weird. We're not going to call you out. But if you just boldly raise up your hand and give me a wave and saying, yeah, Pastor, I prayed this prayer the first time. At the end of the service, we'd love to give you a Bible. It's our free gift to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Man, isn't God good? Come on.